And now it's time for Rod and Real Radio with your hosts, Hop Along John Cassidy, fresh and saltwater expert angler Stan Vanderberg, and all-around outdoors fishing and hunting enthusiast Wendy Toshihara. If you love the outdoors, enjoy salt or freshwater fishing, yearn to wade in a high Sierra or Alaska stream, or just look forward to taking the kids out to one of our local lakes to chase trout, crappie, or bass, this is the show for you. We'll cover most all of the fishing tournaments and events with special reports while providing you with the information you need as to how and where to experience the best fishing opportunities in Southern California, Baja, Alaska, or just about anywhere the fish are biting. Rod and Real Radio brought to you by El Cajon Ford at Broadway and Main or online at ElCajonFord.com. Whether it's time for a new or used car or truck or you need to take advantage of San Diego's best quick lane for service with genuine Ford parts, brand name tires at competitive prices, remember nobody beats El Cajon Ford. We have some fantastic guests and reports lined up for you this evening, so sit back, relax, and get ready for the fastest two hours in radio. It's all right here, right now, on Rod and Real Radio, the best stop on your radio dial for all the information you need for fishing opportunities all over the United States. Now here's your host, Hop Along, John Cassidy. And thank you, Mark Larson, and everyone, welcome to Rod and Real Radio in Southern California. We're happy to have you aboard. Got a jam-packed show for you tonight. Uh, we're going to be talking uh, this evening with Mr. John Campbell. He's director of the 2015 International Yelltail Derby. We're going to want to hear all about that. And along with our regular features with Phil Friedman, Captain Mick Diamond, and Captain James Nelson, we're going to have Steve Carson with us. He's director of Penn University. We're going to talk about fishing those yellowtail that are off our coast right now. How's the best way to go about getting them? How we can change some of our techniques to maybe even change our luck a little bit. And then coming up at about 6.40, we are going to have the executive producer for the Fred Hall shows, Bart Hall. Bart and his gang are just coming off what was a very successful show on Long Beach. He'll have some thoughts about that. And we'll be previewing... The Fred Hall Show coming up uh, in a couple of weeks over in Del Mar. But before we start off with our first guest, let me introduce to you the co-host of Rod and Real Radio. First of all, he is a voice of 1-800-BASSBOAT and a pretty darn good fresh and saltwater fisherman in his own right, Mr. Stan Vandenberg. Stan, how you doing tonight? Pretty good, John. Good evening, everybody. Pretty good weekend, bud. I mean, oh. no, no rain, but... <laughs> you know, if you uh, talk to our good friend Tommy Gomes that's in uh, Boston, Massachusetts right now, he's in the middle of a snowstorm during a show that he's attending there. So we we just got to be happy for the blessings we have, Stan. Well, you know, I talk to people all across the nation during the week, and they're all miserable <laughs> back east. He floods and snow and rain and just a mess and we're all praying for a little rain out here and it's 90 degrees this weekend go figure wow hey let's introduce the other co-host of rod real radio she is the national sales manager for Iserline and a rep for other fine uh, uh products in the fishing industry she's also quite a fishing and hunting enthusiast herself miss wendy toshahara wendy how you doing ma'am you know, I'm doing great. It's been a great weekend. I'm over here at Refugio State Park, and uh, we camped out for the weekend, and it's just beautiful over here. How's the perch, perch Surf perch. Yeah, oh, how's the fishing? It was all right. It was a little slow, but I had fun. 
That's all well, that counts. That's all that counts. Well, Wendy, you're coming across loud and clear. It sounds like you're right next to us. But, hey, let's get on to our first guest. You know, uh, uh, for many years, the Yellowtail Derby was here at, was here in San Diego County. JR? Oh, okay. Let's see, if he calls, let's see if he calls back again. Is that wait, for, wait for John to call back? Is that what happened? Well, you know, he was waiting for us talking in the background, yet he's at a, uh, a St. Paddy's Day function uh, uh, down at this uh, San Diego Outboard Boating Club. So we're tearing him away from a pretty good time over there right now. <laughs> that sounds like a good idea for me. <laughs> hey, let's, let's bring him on back to Ron Real Radio. He is the director of the 2015 Yellowtail Derby, the guy that's responsible for bringing the Yellowtail Derby back to San Diego, Mr. John Campbell. John, welcome to the show. Well, it's good to be back, John. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, hello, uh, Stan and Wendy. Always good to be uh, seeing and talking to you guys as well. You know, uh, Stan, uh, Stan and Wendy and I, you know, we remember the Yellowtail Derby from way back, and I know we talk about this uh, every year, but some of the new listeners or, or people that may have missed some of the past interviews we've had with you, John, just give us a little refresher course about the Yellowtail Derby and how you have come along and breathed new life into uh, this event. Well, yes, I will. Uh, first of all, it's, right now it's very exciting uh, for all the entry. I've got people signing up like crazy. It's uh, the best sign-up uh, period I've had. We've got 35, 39 people signed up already which is better than ever before. Or, uh, well, you know, I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because Yellowtail has just been all over the place. I mean, just, it's a phenomenal year. So, uh, actually, the Yellowtail Derby started in 1946 and ran through 73. Uh, no way did we find out any reason why, because it was a great year in 73. But it was a volunteer organization put on by the San Diego JCs, And at, at that time... It was six months long, and generally there were 100,000 anglers uh, entered into the contest. Wow. As John knows and several other people, and John, thank you very much. You know, without your support, you've been the supporter right from day one, and you've been our MC, and everybody loves to come to our awards, thankfully, because you do such a fine job. But, um, you know, the, the tournament is uh, now only 36 days long, not six months long. It used to start in March and end in September. So we have the 36-day uh, tournament this year. Uh, our slogan is you can fish one day, any day, and the biggest fish wins. And sometimes the winner only goes out one day. But a, mo- a lot of other people go out many more days. So it's a fun tournament. There's multiple ways to win. We have yellowtails, our primary Target fish, and he's a big winner. Uh, and we have yellow, uh, we have uh, white sea bass and halibut. Uh, if, you, if you're the one that catches the largest yellowtail, then besides getting about five thousand dollars in cash and prizes, you also will be weighed in. And this is the only time you can cheat. You can put a windshield on. You can wear heavy jacket, boots full of water, and we weigh you in. And the winner gets his weight, his or her weight, and Dallas Point, pale ale. The more wow. colorful, it's not the big money dollar, but it's a lot of fun. 
and you get your 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 name on the uh, International Hotel Derby Perpetual Trophy. Wow! Hey, John, let's start off with first of all, how does one go about entering the 2015 Yellowtail Derby? Well, there's several ways. Uh, you can go online at the internationalyellowtailderby.com and sign on there until April 4th. It's fifty dollars. After April fourth, it'll be seventy dollars. That's for the whole whole thirty six days, and uh, which means you know in times when there's real windy or rain, rain in California, uh, <laughs> you know it takes care of those periods where it's just not uh, good conditions to fish. But uh, and we've had some of those in the last several years. So uh, you can go to many of the sport uh, sport boat sport sport fishing and tackle shops in, uh, in and around uh, San Diego, and there's uh, there's uh, applications there to sign in. You can call me or email me at johncsd at gmail.com. You can go online at, uh, uh, you know, if the best way is internationalyellowtailderby.com. Wow. Well, you have right now, when does it start, John? It starts May 2nd through fishing June 6th. And the the awards banquet is a uh, is uh, June seventh at the Belly High. The pre fish, the captain's uh, party, is uh, is uh, April 29th at the Belly High. It's a Wednesday evening, and uh, we'll have some good speakers there. I've got a couple people that I've invited, but I, I haven't got a positive response yet. But we'll have a good fun. It's always great to have a have uh, things at the uh, Belly High. Uh, I'm not sure why. John keeps volunteering to be our MC if he he loves just just the Hotel Derby, which he used to compete in, or if he likes Larry Bauman's good food. <laughs> it's <laughs> it a, combina- a <laughs> combination of everything, and you cannot beat the view of San Diego Harbor and the skyline of San Diego from the Bally High. There is just none better, John. What's hey, the limitations, John? Where, from where to where? You know, is it San Francisco to, the, to Mexico City, or the, how? The area, the arena? The area is uh, is thirty miles south of the point, Point Loma, which encompasses the uh, the Coronado Islands. It's fifty miles west, and the Orange County line. Ah, all right. Now, hey, John, you know. The San Diego uh, Yellowtail Derby was rich in tradition from the time it ran, and they gave away some great prizes. They gave away some unusual prizes, but, uh, yeah. yeah, tell us a little bit about that, but you have a, a great uh, corral of prizes, too, waiting for fishermen this year. Yes, we do, and uh, back in the day, uh, <laughs> they would give a, a car away uh, as for first prize, and if you were one ounce short and came in second place, you got a teardrop trailer. <laughs> so, uh, other other fun things cool. they used that to do. That was a cool time, I'll tell you what. <laughs> fun things they used to do is give away shotguns, rifles, uh, hunting Okay, trips. I'm in. Yeah, me too. I'm going back. I'm going halibut fishing or, or yellowtail yeah. fishing. I'm going something. So uh, we, we have some great prizes, too. we got trips down to uh, uh, East Cape. Uh, 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 East Cape, the, the ranch down there, uh, gives us trips. Uh, we've got trips on a lot of, a lot of the boats, uh, the chief and, uh, the boats, all the landings are involved and they give us trips. So a lot of gear and things, uh, uh, we've got some new, new sponsors, uh, get bent and, uh, what are my, some of the other sponsors? Well, also, a lot of sponsors. 
And John, while uh, another oh, of uh, the traditions yeah, that you... The latest news is uh, 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 Doug Kern at Fisherman's Landing Tackle came up with a great idea. He says, I'm going to have a contest. It's okay, what, what do you do? Well, guess the weight of the fish. Okay. So we have a contest. You have to turn in your turn in your entries before May fourth, which is two days after it starts. But uh, the winning for the winning fish, both yellowtail, white sea bass, and halibut. If you're in the if you're in the tournament and you guess the weight of the winning fish, you get a three hundred dollar shopping spree at Fisherman's Landing Tackle. Wow. Dollars for each of the white sea bass and the other one. So it's free. It's a free deal. It's kind of fun. Something different. Well, tell us now, John, how do people qualify? Because you have individuals that are fishing on private boats. They're fishing with friends that might be on a private boat where they're not all entered. And then you have those uh, uh, fishing from the sports fishing landing. So how That's do people true. get their, their fish uh, uh, recognized and, and uh, you know, get it in the derby? Okay, basically... It's an individual entry, um, and you can fish a number of different ways, a number of different ways to win. And you can win, you can win in multiple categories, okay, because it's private boat, open party boat, or kayak, okay? Then there's, then there's also one person can get awards for the biggest fish in those different categories. Then there's also... And then- Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, John, but what were the what were the boundaries? The boundaries: thirty miles south, fifty miles west, Orange County line. Got it. Wow, and I, and last, John, you know, we've been talking about an event that is steeped in tradition since 1946, and you kept another one of the traditions going. And that is with uh, the the queen of the Derby. Tell us about that. And and, Derby. and how'd you how'd you take a little bit of the past and integrate it into the present? Well, I thought it was a pretty cool idea that they had, and I did I researched this thing for about eight years, and basically there was no history of it from the San Diego JCs. I went down to the San Diego Public Library. And you know, searched through you know months and months of and way back when through their uh, stuff and uh, Miss Yellowtail Derby, and I even found two Miss Yellowtail Derbies from 1962 and 63, and they've come to our awards banquet. Uh, so I've instituted starting in 2010 Miss Yellowtail Derby, and we've had a Miss Yellowtail Derby each year, and this year we have. Kiera Haynes uh, as our Miss Yellowtail Derby, and she's a member of San Diego Anglers, and I, I love the fish, and actually, and, and selling selling uh, entries and things. That's uh, one of the reasons why we have so many trees right now is because of Kiera. Uh, she's come to the meetings, uh, different yacht club meetings or uh, boat clubs, uh, fishermen fishing club meetings. So uh, we have Miss Yellowtail Derby. And she, she's at different events. She'll be at the awards banquet. And also uh, at the awards banquet, we have a, a group of the past Yellowtail Derby Miss Yellowtails always come. 
And, Boy. The, and the, one of the things we do for the Miss Yellowtail is after they're queen, then they get to fish for free. All right. Now, John, we're uh, just about ready to break for the first segment. But again, repeat for us, how's the best way to get a hold of an entry form and find out more about this year's Yellowtail Derby if uh, someone missed any of the details? Okay, all the information, details, everything, waist slips, everything, internationalyellowtailderby.com. You can go on there, sign up. You can pay, 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 pay for it uh, online. And we'd love to see you come April 29th to our pre-fish party at the Valley High. You'll love it. All right. John Campbell, director of the 2015 International Yelltail Derby. John, you have picked, I think, the best year to have the derby, and we're all looking forward to fishing it. And not only coming to the kickoff ceremony, but being there at the finals to get weighed in for that. Boy, I'd love to get my weight in uh, uh, Ballast Point KLL. <laughs> that would be great. All right, aloha, John. As good as it is now for another month and a half, you're in deep, deep ticket wise. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I get John Layton of... in Yellowstone? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wendy, you, you can help me drink it, okay? <laughs> All right. Hey, yeah. Uh, John Campbell, thanks a lot for being with us. This is Rod and Real Radio. we got a break for a commercial message right now. You're listening to us on AM540 or RodandRealRadio.com. Stan, Wendy, and I will be back next with What the Heck is Phil Friedman Thinking? But stay tuned. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks no matter what you're hauling or towing for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert now get special savings on every f-series truck in stock 150s 250s 350s at el cajon ford we have commercial trucks too including the all-new transit connect finally a commercial van with great mileage helping your business get moving again el cajon ford worth the short drive from anywhere in southern california broadway and east main at el cajon or online anytime anywhere at el Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter-day, full- and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. 
Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. I am an angler, a heroic defender of the noble sport of fishing. When I go out with my crew, we're prepared for everything, from itty-bitty mosquitoes to the biggest bass you've ever seen. Not to mention, we all wear life jackets. And with this year's drought conditions, we're also defending every last drop of water, saving lives and saving water, because the best defense is a good offense. Just don't tell the fish that. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. This segment of Ron Real Radio is brought to you by the makers of the original balloon fishing clip system, Balloon Fisher King. Now you can fish the precise bait depth desired with these easy-to-use clips and 100% biodegradable natural latex balloons. All you do is clip, inflate, bait, and fish. Look for Balloon Fisher King clips and balloons at your local tackle dealers or go to balloonfisherking.com for further information. It's a big deal, you know. I've always wanted to be on Rod and Reel Radio Line. <laughs> <laughs> I won the Bassmaster Classic. I did a, a McDonald's commercial, but now I know I've made it. I fulfilled my dream. <laughs> I mean, that is just absolutely awesome. And Southern California, welcome back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan, Wendy, and I welcome you to another live show. And before we get started, you know, a lot of times we take the commercials that are uh, on some of these shows and they're almost like background noise to us. But we've got to take to heart the California Department of Boating and Waterways uh, message to conserve water. And everyone's got to do their part, whether it's something simple like brushing your teeth, not keeping the water going, watching how many times you might flush in the middle of the night. It all adds up because if you fished anywhere here in Southern California, whether it's Casitas like Stan did uh, over the weekend, El Capitan, Hodges, you name it, all of our lakes are dreadfully low. So everyone can do their part. Conserve water. That's important. Hey, now it's time for What the Heck is Phil Friedman Thinking? And here's a voice himself. He is the host of PHO Radio, Mr. Phil Friedman. Phil, did I get that right? PHO, PFO Radio. <laughs> Phil Friedman. Phil, how you doing tonight? John, that sounds good to me. I'm doing great. Great to be with you, as always, my dear friend. And Wendy and Stan, same thing. Always nice to be on Rod Real Radio. Hey, great having you. You know, what a week that we had, uh, both Stan, Wendy, myself, and you, Phil, at the Fred Hall Long Beach show, was that ever a barn burner of an event? Oh, my God. That opening day was incredible, and it just never, ever slowed down. And we sure had a lot of fun over there. We had the Laker girls a couple of days over to our booth. And, John, uh, you know, Tito Ortiz, the guy from MMA fame, Tito came over and did a nice half-hour interview with me. And, uh, you know, we, we got more into his background and how fishing was this great escape for this kid and he was able to get away from some family problems and some things like that, and how it helped him to focus and ultimately become the guy and the champion that he has become in our society today. And, you know, that's a, something that you and I and Wendy and Stan preach all the time, how important it is to get kids out into the great outdoors. And that interview I did with Tito 
really drove that home. He's a really, really great guy. I found him to be very, very humble, very, very interesting. He had an interesting story to tell about that. You know, uh, we all use fishing in one form or another to help out kids or underprivileged. I know Wendy, she's got a, a boys' orphanage that she helps out a lot. Stan, you've got fishing with a mission. You know, you're always, Phil, going down and, and helping the kids down in Mexico and a lot of the kids here and locally. It, it's amazing what a conduit fishing can be if you just let it be to, to the next generation of, of young ones, uh, you know, here in Southern California. Because once they get started with that, it's hard to get them going in a direction that may be a lot less savory. Absolutely. You know, and it just opened so many doors. I'll tell you a story without mentioning the kid's name, but there was a, and I better not be too specific, but there was a kid who got in some trouble here recently and had to go away for about a year and a half. And he got in touch with me about two weeks ago, and I finally hooked up with him today. And my goal and his goal, we're working together on this, we had a nice little talk today, is to get him back into fishing, away from the environment that led him down into a path that that he regrets going down right now. And uh, you're so right. It's such a healthy thing. It's such a great thing. You get to see so many wonderful marvels of nature. It opens these doors of learning. And if you do it right, it it just can make all the difference in the world in a child's life. And and it can really help to get them in the right direction. And and I I can't tell you of a more unselfish act and we see this all the time with you and Captain James Nelson and with Stan and Wendy where taking the kids out fishing and giving of themselves, giving of a, a piece of their experience and their time away from their families to share this fishing experience with others and, and uh, to pass it on. It's, it's, you know, it's a great vocation. Yeah, Wendy? You know, it, it, it's not only great for the kids, but as far as, you know, as myself is concerned, it's such a great feeling to help these kids and teach them how to fish and, and teach them something new or, or something, you know, give them a little more insight on, on the situation. But it, it's so rewarding. Uh, and I, I, you know, I'm glad Wendy pointed that out for, for two reasons. One, she's 100% right. You, uh, we as adults get so much more out of those experiences than we're ever able to give. And that goes for the time when I spent in the missions down in Central America and all that. I got way more out of that. But the truth about me, if you really want to know the truth, Wendy and Stan and John, my mentality is like still of about a 12-year-old. It totally is. I mean, I still like playing fart noises on my Spanish radio show every chance I get. And, and, and you know, so, I mean, I mean, I'm in my environment when I'm doing it. I love it. And kids that and age, I just have way more in common with than some real serious adults. <laughs> well, you know, Phil, let, let's get down uh, to the hard uh, brass tacks here. We've got great weather here in Southern California, at least out of Long Beach and the L.A. area. Is the fishing in our immediate inshore and offshore area, is it living up to be as good as the weather we're seeing right now? Unbelievable, John. It really is incredible what's going on. I mean, we have... Some more bluefin, not a lot, but a little bit of bluefin starting to show up on Cortez Bank. I think that's just a sign of things to come, some yellows out there. And, of course, phenomenal bottom fishing. But at San Clemente Island, last time I looked, and I'm kind of involved in a St. Patrick's Day early party tonight. No beer, though, you know, <laughs> so I just celebrated my four-year AA birthday. So no beer for me. But 
Lots of corned beef and cabbage. But uh, the last time I checked, Thunderbird had over 100 yellows at SCI today. The Ultra was having a big day out of 22nd Street Landing. The Toronado was all over the yellowtail. Those guys all have time to catch a few calico bass and then fall back and find some excellent rock fishing. So Clemente, as we told you right here a month ago when Sean Morgan went over there on a private boat, just continues to rock on the yellowtail fishing. It's extraordinarily good for this time of the year. And it's not like it's in one area. It is all over the island. You can literally circumnavigate San Clemente Island right now and catch yellows all over it. On the backside of Eel, uh, down at China Point, uh, up there on the Nine, wherever you want to go, it seems like you're finding plenty of yellows there. You come into Catalina, there's some yellows in there, excellent rock fishing going on there. And then on the local scene, uh, a good friend of mine, Ashton Smith. Ashton Smith, you wouldn't recognize him, John, but... When you walk into a movie and you're watching a preview and you hear a voice, more than likely it's going to be Ash's voice. He's one of the premier voiceover guys in the world. He's a really generous guy. And he went on to Monte Carlo for a half-day trip, and he hasn't stopped calling me and telling me, thanks for the recommendation. We had an extraordinary time. We're still having great fish, tacos, and he just went on and on and on. And the local rockfish bite has been great for the Monte Carlo. Lots of reds, the native sun, same kind of a thing out of 22nd Street. Or you bounce over there to uh, Pierpoint Landing, and the southern cows had great fishing. We were on the city of Long Beach on Friday and had very good rock fishing. In fact, had all kinds of fun. First-timer Deborah Gonzalez, who's on our Spanish radio show, she is what we call a cachanilla. Uh, that is someone from Mexicali. A cachanilla is a plant that grows all over Mexicali, and they call folks from there that, and I like to tease her about that all the time. But, I mean, she caught her first 10 fish. She got to feed a seagull and almost lost her finger, fun stuff like that. <laughs> got to see three whales go by the boat. Really good stuff. And I got too busy last night. I forget, what the heck was I doing? I was doing something, and I could not surfish. But Eddie Leland, who's run boats out of the Orange County area for 30 years, in fact, I decked with Eddie and Redondo in the 70s, he said he had an epic night of surfishing right in front of our house last night, throwing that crocodile, John. You know who likes to do that, man. That's me. <laughs> throwing that crocodile. He had a dozen big yellowfin croaker to 19 inches. Those are nice ones. He had one short halibut. He had a spot fin croaker on that chrome crocodile. And he said, right when the sun, when there was so little light left, he was saying to himself, I don't know how they can even see the lure anymore. He said he just started to pop one after another, after another, after another. So great surfishing. And then finally, up there in the Channel Islands, excellent fishing going on up there. I talked to Steve Virtue just a few moments ago, and Steve said it doesn't get any better. Wide open, limits of rockfish, including the new three lingcod limit. They limited everybody out on the boat on links, on rockfish. Great weather, wonderful fishing on the Pacific Islander out of Cisco Sport Fishing in Oxnard. And I can attest to the fact that Steve and crew, man, when you talk about customer service and great fishing, they always put on a good show. So it is really living up. It, it, you can shop around and find whatever species you like right now, and you can just have a wonderful time on the water. No question about it, John. Hey, Stan, you had a comment? The crazy thing is my fishing partner in my uh, the, the Juan Bass offense is Mike Arujo, who runs – you know, a bunch of these different yachts, and he fishes all of the marlin tournaments and whatever else. <laughs> he's, he's got a couple of boats out of Marina del Rey, and he said, this is after yesterday's tournament. He goes, well, he goes, I think I'm going to go fishing tomorrow. He goes, 
about three miles outside of Marina del Rey, the, the yellows are just lit up, and the boats are going out of Marina del Rey three miles out and catching them. So, I mean, this is an epic already winter, <laughs> but, and it looks like it's just going to get better. I think John's Yellowtail Derby is just going to be full. That's Boy, all I let's think hope of. so. That is going to be great. Uh, hey, Phil, uh, you know, we're going to have uh, Steve Carson on uh, later on in the show, and he's going to talk about how we can catch some of the yellowtail that are out there right now. But what you're hearing uh, from the, the uh, L.A. and Long Beach landings, uh, uh, are they catching them on bait? Are they yo-yoing them? Is it just a wide-open bite? Uh, uh, what do you hear? I'm hearing both, but I'm hearing really super effective on the yo-yo iron. And once again... Some of those Clemente fish are mixed. There's some small fish over there. But a lot of these local fish, John, are still 18 to 30 pounds. So 50-pound, a yo-yo iron, turn the handle. And when you get a bite, just keep turning the handle. Don't rear back on the rod to set the hook. You just keep winding until the fish pulls line against the drag, and you've got it. But the yo-yo has been super effective. And a lot of guys, Mitch Christensen, who runs the Southern Cow, uh, has been telling me something with orange in it. And he theorizes that they're feeding on these smaller rockfish out in that deeper water. And something with orange in it has been super, super effective, according to Mitch. So uh, the yo-yo just seems to be best of all right now. You, you, know? you know, I have something to say on that subject because Merritt also, who's a biologist, uh, also thinks that um, they are eating the smaller rockfish because they're, the thermocline is lower. And so they're able to get down to where those rockfish are and they're feeding on those. And, you know, these fish, these yellowtails, they they remind me of Guadalupe yellowtail. These guys have some shoulders, and they are strong. Absolutely. I have to agree. And, and uh, I saw one caught the other day, and it didn't say good morning. It said buenos dias. So I'm assuming they are from down there around Guadalupe. <laughs> well, was, well, well Phil, you were at the Long, Long Beach show. You had the Laker girls over there. You had seminars. Uh, was there any one lasting impression that you took away from that Fred Hall show that you'd like to share with us? No, I don't know if I would, John. Certainly you coming by, uh, that meant a lot to me. i, I got to tell you a story real quick, John. Some guy, and I won't tell you who, he said, you're on John Cassidy's radio show tonight. And I said, yeah. And he's like, well, how does that work? How do you?" And I said, what, what are you talking about? And he said, all these other radio show guys are fighting with each other and they hate each other. And, <laughs> And I'm saying, John Cassidy is one of the most decent guys I've ever met, and I'm honored to do his show. And uh, so having you over there, I enjoy working with you and Wendy and Stan so much, you can't believe it. And just, I guess, just seeing all the great folks there. And, and, you know, my stepson in Costa Rica, he's off live support. He's doing better. I just celebrated my fourth birthday uh, with AA. And a lot of people came by and showed their support for all of that and their thoughts and their prayers. That's what I would take away, just the camaraderie and the great folks like you, John. And I mean that sincerely. Well, you know, this show wouldn't be anything also without Stan and Wendy and the great heritage that was left to us by uh, Big Tuna Bill Giesland. So, uh, Phil, we we thank you for that. And we just kind of see ourselves as in, in the information and entertainment business. And I know every time we talk to you, we're going to be in for a lot of that. Phil, if uh, we want to uh, find out more what's happening with Phil Friedman or what you've got planned for Del Mar or what's happening on the weekend through, uh, during your Spanish speaking shows, how's the best way to go about doing it? Hey, Joe, real easy. You can go to Facebook, PFO, or you can go to www.pfomedia.com. Or for our Spanish speaking friends, 
You can go to Aventuras Al Aire Libre on Facebook and listen to podcasts of our show, which airs every Saturday and Sunday morning, 6 to 7 a.m. on AM 690. You know, so I uh, have one more. I have yeah, one go thought. on, Stan. I have one thought. Again, this kind of goes back to what Phil was talking about, you know, how the other stations and the other people, other other shows don't get along. And when Bill and I were doing the radio show back when, I, I told them, you know, Billy, all. We are the number two radio fishing talk show in the world because everybody else is number one. <laughs> <laughs> that is, uh, you know so, what, uh, what can you tell? We want to wish everyone success because of the fact that if we do well and everyone else does well and everyone in our industry here, especially fishing, we want to see everyone do well because It'll just make uh, for happier times for all of us. We've seen the bad times. Hopefully, we're coming back to the good times, and that's what really counts. John, always a pleasure to be with you. Wendy, Stan, and everybody out there, have a wonderful finish to your weekend. All right. Phil. Phil Friedman from Phil Friedman Outdoors. Phil, thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us. Hey, we're going to take a break right now, and normally what we do is we come back with uh, the Hawaiian Island Fishing Report with Captain McDiamond, but Captain McDiamond, he is in Boston, and he's snowed in, so he can't get us a report because he finally was able to get an airplane out of there, and Captain Mick's uh, in the air right now, but there's still more rod reel ready to come because don't fear Captain James Nelson will be with us, and he'll have his thoughts not only on the Long Beach Show, but he'll tell us about what's happening in our current inshore fishing. So stay tuned. More Ron Real Radio to come. We'll be right back after these messages. It's time for the 38th Annual Fred Hall Show. The ultimate outdoor experience, March 26th to the 29th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. San Diego's biggest fishing show, biggest boat show, biggest travel show, biggest outdoor recreation event of the year. It's San Diego's number one show. Don't miss the Mammoth Lakes Kids Fish Free Trout Pond, the Ram Ultimate Air Dogs, the Costa Sporting Chef Cafe, the San Diego County Ford Dealers Paul Bunyan Lumberjack Show, the Savage Gear Bass Tank, the Accurate Real Saltwater Tank, Air Gun Ranges, Archer casting and dozens of family fun activities over 200 high quality seminars presented by progressive insurance cousins tackle hobie kayaks and the world fishing network and to win a custom sea of cortez fishing trip to rancho leonero a pair of accurate fishing reels or a hobie pro angler kayak kids free kids fish free military free the 38th annual fred hall show march 26th to the 29th at the del mar fairgrounds details at fredhall.com it's a whale of a show Angler's Arsenal is the serious angler's first choice for hand-poured plastics. McCoy Line, Spro Products, Gamakatsu Hooks, G. Loomis Fishing Rods, Shimano Products, Ovet Reels, and just about anything you hear advertised on Rod and Reel Radio. Go to anglersarsenal.com and visit our online tackle store. See the huge selection of Western Plastics hand-poured baits, all at anglersarsenal.com. Angler's Arsenal Tackle Store is conveniently located in La Mesa, just off Interstate 8. Give us a call at 1-800-428-8730. If you're serious about your fishing, choosing the right tackle is one of the most important decisions you'll ever make. Iserline makes premium fishing lines including monofilament, Dacron, Spectra, fluorocarbon, battle-tested harnesses, and top angler-tested Iserline tools and accessories. Iserline premium fishing products are created to provide you with the ultimate in strength, dependability, durability, high abrasion resistance, low stretch, and high quality. 
All Isoline products are 100% guaranteed against manufacturing defects. You just can't buy better value. Isoline will replace or repair at their option. No questions asked if you're not pleased with any of their products. Catch what you've been missing. Quality guaranteed. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. This portion of Rod and Reel Radio is brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. Now you can quickly and easily release fish suffering from barotrauma back to the depths they were caught. Look or ask for the Rockley's at your local fishing tackle dealer. And Southern California, we want to welcome you back to Rod and Reel Radio. Stan Vandenberg's with us tonight. So's Wendy Toshihara. And now it's time for the Southern California Inshore Report. And it's brought to you by the Rockley's Fish Release System. And without further ado, let's introduce our audience to Captain James Nelson, the fish icon. Captain James, welcome to the show. Well, thanks again for having me, John. Boy, it seems like it's been a week or so. (laughs) Almost. (laughs) Hey, nothing like spending uh, three or four days sequestered in a 10 by 20 space with a few of your good friends. <laughs> Captain James, I want to uh, thank you for helping Rod and Reel Radio at the uh, Fred Hall Show there in Long Beach. Oh, it was my pleasure, John. Boy, that, that was a fun show. Like, you know, it, what can you say? I, I almost feel guilty that I'm going to miss Del Mar by being on a family trip, but almost. Almost. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's something that you do annually, and it's time when the kids uh, uh, get their break, so we are uh, not going to think any less of you for not being with us. In fact, uh, we're going to be kind of envious. You're going to be fishing. I, I hope so, at least a little bit, a few hours of the day. I don't know. I, you know the way the weather's been like here, I told my wife, said, I can't wait to get to Havasu and cool off a little. Ah. <laughs> you know, you know. I think uh, Stan and Wendy feel the same. And Jim, I know you ran into this at the show. Uh, sometimes we think on Sunday evenings we're just a voice out there somewhere in the abyss of the night, and that there's no one listening. But we go to one of these shows, and uh, I always find it be amazing all the people that come up and say hello, and they say they listen to the show and thank us for uh, uh, being on and the great information that we uh, present and. I know you run into the same thing, not only being on the show, but being a guide, especially up being in the L.A. area, being recognized like that. Yeah, you know, it's really fun because it's, uh, it's you know, that's a totally different fishery up there. And uh, if anybody saw some of our Facebook posts, I went out with some really great fishermen one of the mornings before the show up there. And, you know, if you're not familiar with that area, it could be kind of, kind of a challenge. Because we fish totally different down here than they do up there, so it was really neat to do uh, seminars with folks that drove all the way from San Diego to come up there. I don't think they came just to listen to me, but at least they were they were uh, you know willing to understand that I knew what I was talking about when it came to San Diego, or at least I seemed like I do. But I know nothing about the fishing up there, <laughs> you know. So it's always nice to talk with folks that that get that, that understand that. You know, every fishery is a different, uh, a different place, even though the fish may be somewhat similar. And uh, it, there's a different approach to fishing fish everywhere you go, and it's always good to have a little bit of information on your belt. 
Well, you know, Captain James, you were saying the fishing being different, and we can talk about different areas, but I guess, uh, you know, the one big feature that people like to fish when they're talking about inshore fishing uh, there in L.A. and Long Beach Harbor is that wall. And, and how, do, how is that wall different, let's say, than fishing any of the structures that you're familiar with here in uh, San Diego? Well, down in San Diego, John, we're fishing a lot of, especially in San Diego Bay, we're fishing a lot of channel drops. Uh, you got a lot of drop-offs, and whether we're fishing bass, halibut, or even the leopard sharks, you know, we're fishing a lot of the drop-offs. We're fishing pitches and holes, uh, dips and cuts, and uh, up there, it's all about that that break wall or if you can get around some docks. I mean, it's all about being as close to the actual visual uh, habitat that you're seeing. So, I mean, when they're fishing the break wall, they're fishing the break wall. They're fishing right on the wall. When they're fishing kelp, they're fishing right down the kelp stalk. Uh, you know, here it's a little bit different. We're fishing, like I said, we're fishing more. Uh, we're fishing more structure than we are cover. We're fishing things that you necessarily can't see unless you got a decent graph. Maybe if you can find find some stuff down there, like a shopping cart or a bicycle that you could get your uh, bait near. But there, I mean, it's it's pretty much it's a visual thing. You're you're actually hitting rock with your lure to get bit. Oh, wow. Yeah, the old shopping cart bite. I love it. <laughs> you know, I didn't find any of those on the wall. <laughs> well, Sad, you know what? I think I just I, I sent out a little teaser on Facebook telling folks I'm going to reveal more uh, leopard shark info than I have in the past. There you go, folks. That was wow. the shopping carts. Now, you know, we've been talking about the great weather we've had this past week, uh, Captain James, and uh, I, I, was, uh, I was pleased to see on a, a post that I saw that you are pretty much booked solid for the next week, but how's the fishing been this past week in light of the uh, the unseasonable weather we've been having? You know, John, the fishing's been good, and what's really been good about it is that uh, the fish are everywhere, and what makes that fun in this warm weather is you fish a spot, when you start getting too hot and sweaty, you run the boat for a little while to cool off, then you fish another spot. <laughs> and it, you know, it's kind of a it, it's kind of a thing I do to keep us all from getting too fatigued and drink lots of water. You know, I've, we've gone through almost half a case of water just yesterday on my boat. Wow! It's just what you got to do. Yeah. Hey, you know, um, when you're out there this year, let us know if you have any unusual catches. I mean, with this warm water that's coming in, I, I'm sure there's going to be some exotics that we've never caught before. You know, I'm hoping so, Wendy. I think I, I still owe Stan that Wahoo. That Wahoo. So. Yeah, in the bay. In the bay, yeah. You know, anybody can catch them out in the ocean. Yeah, that's right. Well, as our listeners know, Captain James, I follow you on Facebook, and you post a lot of your uh, the pictures, especially of your first catch on Facebook. And and we almost had a, a uh, what-is-it type of fish that you had on that I thought, with the background that I was looking at, was a little bit unusual to be seeing that type of fish caught in the bay, but uh, uh, most people nailed it. I, uh, I thought it might have been something else. Tell, tell us about that catch. Oh, yeah, I had a, had a uh, girl, just was it yesterday or the day before, you know, they all blur. <laughs> she got a uh, sheep's head, a female sheep's head that came up pretty pink, as the females usually do. They don't have that black and and white and red like the males do. They don't quite have that big knobby head either. Right. But, uh, but they, they have more of a slender, pointed face, and they come up pretty pink. But 
By the time we got it out of the net, got our cameras ready, it actually started blending in almost to the deck of the boat, so it was kind of pale, even more so. And uh, that was right outside of Shelter Island Pier, believe it or not. Yeah. So I, I, well, have you ever caught a sheep's head that far into the bay? That's I, I thought it was a trigger fish by the color of it. No, you know what? We haven't, John. Uh, I've seen them caught around the cable crossing area and around the jetty, which... You know, that seems okay. You got a little bit deeper yeah. water there, and you got some rock for them uh, to hang out on. A lot of muscly, uh, collective areas. But yeah, yeah, it was really, it was really cool. But, you know, and it was a good size one. She was about four pounds, I'd say. Real, real nice fish. Right. Wow. And, what, and what kind of a. Did you catch. Uh, I, I know you fish a lot of artificials. Were you uh, fishing artificials then, or were you fishing bait? That one was on a hunk of meat of some sort. Okay. <laughs> the <strummy? laughs> you know, hey Captain James too. I also noticed uh, in uh, uh, some of the photographs you've done something a little bit different uh, to your boat. And uh, uh, tell us why people that have seen you on the bay for the past couple of years might have a hard time recognizing you if they see you out in the bay this this next week. Well, you know, I have a feel they're going to recognize me from now on. Yeah, we got we got the boat wrapped, you know, thanks to uh, the folks up there at Wrap Works up in the Laguna Niguel. We got the boat all wrapped up. I got a big leopard shark on each side that Matt Koch drew for me. And uh, it's got that typical Matt Koch character face, and this one's got a bulldog expression. And uh, it's just a beautiful fish. We got it up against a nice blue camo and... You know, I've got specialty produce helped out with that, so they got their logo. Uh, we got Angler's Chronicles. We got uh, Rod and Reel Radio, of course. We got Scooney uh, Butter and uh, Phoenix Lures, you know, as Promark, the net guys. They, so everybody helped, helped get that thing going for us, made it look beautiful. The guys at Rapports just did a fantastic job. Wow, we're going to have to start calling you the Leopard King now with that uh, uh, leopard uh, shark uh, uh, predominantly displayed uh, on the the bow of the boat? You know, (laughs) I don't know about that, John, but I'll tell you, the first couple trips where we were targeting leopard sharks, I was a little concerned because I didn't want to jinx anything. (laughs) Well, you didn't jinx it because I think uh, looking at uh, your your Facebook page just... uh, Today, before we came on air, uh, uh, you had you had success today. We did, John. As a matter of fact, the, the leopard sharks, and you know, here, here's the part where folks need to pay attention because there's something to learn here. Something that I've discovered uh, in fishing for leopard sharks and also doing studies: leopard sharks are much like salmon, even though they may spend time all over the place, whether it be at bays or out the, on the beaches. Uh, when it comes to their spawning time, they return where they were born. And most of them are born in our base. So most of the spawning happens on those dips and holes that I talked about, round shopping carts and Weber grills and sunken dinghies, whatever else is out there. Uh, if you find that stuff on your grass, especially in a hole, get a hunk of meat out there and hang on because they're, they're coming in to spawn, and just like any spawning fish that we all know of, they get hungry, they burn calories, they need to replenish, and so they're migrating up and up and down that page. John, we've been catching them some weird places. You know, I uh, anybody who sees my pictures, you know, I usually catch them south of the bridge. That's no secret. But uh, we've even caught a couple uh, right outside a seaport village lately in some deeper water. So they're all 
moving up and down, but most mostly up. They're moving back in that bay to, to get onto their spring fling here. And Jim, what has been the size of some of the uh, the nicer animals that you've uh, caught this season? Most most of the leopard sharks now we're catching are going to be between fifty and sixty inches. Uh, we did get one a few weeks back that has been the biggest I've seen in a while. It was, it was just under sixty three inches. And that's, wow! You know, taped from uh, from the nose to the tip of the tail, the long tip. You know, in a lot of the pictures I've seen that you've posted, you've got uh, young fishermen that are holding those fish, so. That has to be one heck of a an experience for a young individual to go out and hook up with one of those. You know, John, thanks for pointing that out because that's really the plan. You know, <laughs> that's one thing I, I've learned over the years is you know when it comes to a, a a ten to fourteen year old kid from the Midwest, that's quite a fish for them. I mean, they're you know they they get back home and if they're lucky they'll get a muskie about half that size and that will be a fish of a lifetime for them there. But out here, as you know, I mean, even a 50-something-inch leopard shark, that's, that's just the tip of the iceberg of the kind of fish we have out here. Well, for so, them to catch a shark, because it's so overblown, yeah. <laughs> especially exactly. in, in the middle of the United States, they've never seen a mackerel, for God's sake. So <laughs> to catch a shark is a big deal. I had a friend that had, uh, uh, he's up in Montana, and he worked with the tribal councils up there, the Indian tribes, and in the mornings they would watch any of the shows that were on TV that had saltwater fishing, and, and they would just be enamored with, it, it could be anchovies, it could be mackerel, it could be sand bass, it could be anything, uh, because they don't see that. They never see that. So, you know, that's a special moment for somebody that's coming out here and never gets to see the ocean, and then they catch a shark is a huge deal. Oh, you know, absolutely, and we try to make the most out of it. And vice, vice versa, you talk to saltwater fishermen, and they look at us freshwater fishermen, and they go, what are you getting so excited about? You're going out fishing for something that I, I think is bait. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Captain James, I know you have a busy schedule, but if there are listeners that are interested in getting a hold of you and find out uh, just exactly... Um, where they can get a hold of you or find out what you've been catching. How's the best way to go about doing it? Well, they could reach me at thefishicon.com. There's even a little link on rodreelradio.com. Or they could call me, 619-395-0799. All right. And, Captain James, just quickly, a lot of people coming in saying, man, the fish just aren't in the bay like I've seen them before. Uh, are you finding that you think the fish are still outside, or, or are they still coming into the bay like they normally would this time of the year? Well, it just depends on what you're targeting, John. You know, I, yeah, again, so the sharks are definitely on the move. We're catching a lot of rays doing the same thing. And uh, so it just depends. I mean, if, if, if the only thing you ever target is sand bass, then don't get upset when the sand bass don't want to see you anymore. All right, Captain James Nelson, thanks for being with us tonight. Great fishing this week. We look forward to speaking to you next Sunday night, if not before. It's my pleasure, guys. Thanks again for having me, and talk to you next week. All right, Captain James Nelson, thefisheicon.com. Hey, we've got to break right now, but coming up just a little after 6 o'clock, we have the director of the Penn University, Mr. Steve Carson. We're going to talk a little bit about fishing off of our Southern California coast right now, what to fish for, how to go about for it. So stay tuned. Still a lot more Rod and Reel Radio to come. 
Stan, Wendy, and I will be back after these messages. You can count on El Cajon Ford, as so many Southern Californians have for years. El Cajon Ford has the cars and trucks you can count on, like the all-new Fusion and Escape, Edge, Explorers, and more. And now, Fiestas with 38 MPG and Focus with 40 miles per gallon highway, plus C-Max Energy with up to 42 highway EPA estimates. El Cajon Ford has them now. Shop online at ElCajonFord.com. Choose from hundreds of your favorite F-Series trucks, too. El Cajon Ford knows trucks, no matter what you're hauling or towing, for a great weekend of fishing or for some fun in the desert. Now get special savings on every F-Series truck in stock, 150s, 250s, 350s, at El Cajon Ford. We have commercial trucks, too, including the all-new Transit Connect. Finally, a commercial van with great mileage, helping your business get moving again. El Cajon Ford, worth the short drive from anywhere in Southern California, Broadway and East Main and El Cajon, or online anytime, anywhere at ElCajonFord.com. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, H&M Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. When you're out fishing this year, there's two ways to be a hero. You can help save lives by making sure everyone on your boat wears a life jacket. And with the drought conditions, you can help save water. Because every drop we save is another drop out there for us and our fish. So be a hero, on the water and off. There's lots of ways to conserve, and there are lots of life jackets designed especially for anglers. To learn more about being a hero, take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Hey everybody, this is a message for our listeners from a new Baja Magic Lodge at Cedros Island. Cedros Outdoor Adventures wants to make your dream of fish at Cedros Island a reality. Want to go after giant calicos or yellowtail with the best Cedros Island fishing organization, but you just don't know who to contact? Then give Cedros Outdoor Adventures a call at 619-793-5419, or even better yet, log on to their informative website at cedrosoutdooradventures.com. There you can visit their trip calendar and schedule a trip that's convenient for you. Once again, the phone number is 619-793-5419 or their website of cedrosoutdooradventures.com. Hi, I'm Bart Hall, and I'm here to tell you about the Fred Hall Show, the ultimate outdoor experience, March 26th to the 29th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. People often ask me, what is a Fred Hall Show? Well, it's San Diego's biggest fishing show, biggest boat show, biggest travel show, and biggest outdoor recreation event of the year. I love these shows, not just because my family name is on them, but because generations of Californians have grown up loving these events with me. Every year the shows are different, but this year we'll be celebrating the greatest saltwater fishing season in over 30 years. We believe that this will be the best San Diego Fred Hall show ever. 
The show is packed with thousands of high-quality fishing, fly fishing, and international travel exhibits. There are over 200 interesting seminars and dozens of family fun activities, including the world's greatest knife thrower. There will be more boats on display than ever before. My grandchildren keep asking if it's time for Papa Show. Yes, it's time for Papa Show, the exceptional Fred Hall Show, March 26th to the 29th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Details at fredhall.com. And remember, it's a whale of a show. Hi, this is BSS record holder Dean Rojas. El Cajon Ford helped me when I got started in my career and let them help you with a new F-Series Ford truck. And remember, nobody beats El Cajon Ford. And Southern California, welcome back to the second hour of Rod Real Radio. I'm your host, Hopalong John Cassidy, and with me is Stan Vandenberg, Wendy Toshihara. And before we go to our next guest, I just got a note from Captain Mick Diamond, who has been delayed because of the snow in Boston right now. He was there because of the Boston Seafood Show. He is showing out his new product for Diamond Head Tuna, and he says it's ready. So if you want to find out more about the product Captain Mick Diamond is offering through Diamond Head Tuna, just go to DiamondHeadTuna.com, get on there, ask him the questions, and get some of the best of Hawaiian seafood Sent on out to you. Hey, again, it's time to introduce our 6 o'clock uh, guest. He is the director of the Penn University, and he is also probably one of the best saltwater fishing instructors and lecturers here on the West Coast. Introduce him, and I'd like to introduce him to our listening audience, Mr. Steve Carson. Steve, how are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing great. Good morning, or excuse me, good evening, John. And just to correct it, it's Penn Fishing University, not the linebacker producing college found in the state of Pennsylvania. I don't want to be associated with that, if you know what I'm saying. I appreciate it, Steve. Hey, you know, a lot of you people are familiar with uh, Steve, if you've been going to the Fred Hall Show. But, you know, Steve, I, I was just amazed. You have been running lectures at the Fred Hall Show for a little bit of time. Tell, tell us a little bit about uh, your, your association with Fred Hall. Well, uh, uh, this is, of course, 2015, and that was the 40th year in a row that I've actually worked at the Fred Hall Show. Now, that's that's a pretty frightening number, even for me. Now, again, full disclosure, I was not necessarily always working directly for Fred and then Bard Hall. In fact, my very first gig was way back when the show was at the Pan Pacific Auditorium, which has since been bulldozed, thankfully. Uh, I was, And some people that, that know the Daiwa Real brand remember for a long time that Mike Callen was the rep. A lot of people thought he was the first rep. That's not true. The first rep was his father, Don Callen. And in 1975, I worked in the Daiwa booth for Don Callen at the Pan Pacific Auditorium and got, and got paid for it. Now, I believe me, I, I went for numerous years before that. I was sharing a story with Bart about when I was a, a, a little kid in the, in the mid-60s. Fred Hall had flown uh, an 1,100-pound marlin out from Australia and had the thing in half a freight car full of ice. <laughs> and I just stared at that for, for at least half a day. Oh, hey, Wendy, you have a question. Yeah, Steve, you know, you've been in this industry such a long time, way before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, long before anyone was born. I trolled <laughs> off Noah's Ark, I know. And, and you know, you're such 
you're so full of all the history. I mean, even with Russ Iser and, and uh, Bill Poole and all, all the guys, I mean, you are a wealth of information. You need to write a book. Well, uh, you know, it's funny about that. Uh, I, I'm really good at writing short 20-minute People Magazine-type articles that, that anybody can read, you know, in a short, short little sitting, if you know what I mean. And the, the discipline necessary to write a book, I'm just not sure I have it. All right. Well, hey, Steve, one of the reasons why I want you on the show is we are experiencing the, the continuance of a great 2014 uh, season here, now in 2015. Loads of great yellowtail fishing that are off our coast. We had... Uh, uh, just a little earlier in the show, we had John Campbell talking about the upcoming Yellowtail Derby. But for those people that are going on out either on their own private boats or on a lot of the sports fishers, can you give us a hint on some of the, the different ways there are to catch Yellowtail and to help us bring home more fish? Well, the, the number one way that Yellowtail has been caught you know, it's always been a great method, but the most productive method in the last couple of years to where everybody needs to be able to do it, unless you're over 90 years old or under 10 or have, or have some sort of a surgical issue, you need to get good at yo-yo fishing. And that's what is very that? simple fishing. You don't have to be an expert caster or anything else. You drop the jig over the side. You either let it sink to the bottom or if you're fishing out offshore under the kelp paddies where there is no bottom, you let it sink however deep the captain tells you, which is usually around 120 feet, and then you crank it back up as fast as you can. And so it's just going all straight down, straight up, just like a yo-yo. It's not bouncing it on the bottom like you might for lingcod. You're cranking that thing up for all you're worth. And the thing i got to emphasize with everybody is when you think you're cranking too fast, speed up. Uh, the yellowtail can swim 40 to 45 miles an hour. Uh, a professional athlete can wind about 10, and the rest of us can wind about 8. So you can't possibly, possibly wind it too fast. You're, you're just depending on that fish's predatory instinct kicking in, and he just reaches out and grabs it as it goes past him, straight past his face. Because if he gets a good look at it, let's face it, most yo-yo jigs do not look that tasty. And so you're really just depending on speed, speed, speed. Probably the most common question I hear is, what gear ratio should my reel be? And that's not really the question. The question is, it's kind of a newer number that not all anglers have heard, uh, but it is now in almost all the reel catalogs, and it's inches per turn. And that's the key, because that tells you how fast your reel is going to go. If you have a little tiny reel made for freshwater bass and it's 9 to 1, it's not going <laughs> to crank your lure back in. The inches per turn will be less than a large, say, a 4.0 size saltwater reel. That's, say, 4 to 1. So inches per turn is the key. Generally, the minimum I tell people to use uh, for yo-yoing, if they want to get if they want to get a bite consistently, sure, when the fish are are completely stupid, anything works. But you need a minimum of about 30 inches per turn to get that lure moving quickly enough. Probably my favorite yo-yo fishing reel is the, used to be called the Penn Ba Special. Now it's called the Penn U.S. Senator. It has, depending on how full you have it, 34 to 36 inches per turn. 
So a little bit of padding, a wow. little, little bit of, uh, of uh, extra on top of that 30-inch minimum. Some people will go for reels. There are reels that are a lot faster than that. There's reels 40, 42 inches per turn. Once you get into that speed category, then you need to want to make sure you have it as a two-speed reel so that when you hook something big, you can pop it into low and, and have some fighting power because at 40 inches per turn, you really lose a lot of your power. And again, that's a new number a lot of fishermen have not paid too much attention to just in the last few years. It's kind of come up, but all the real companies have it in their, in their online information. You can look it up, or you can do what we used to do in the old days, which is just, uh, you know, mark it out with chalk marks on the, on the sidewalk. That'll work, too. Steve, I've got you know, all... Really, oh, go on, it, Wendy. It, it's really neat to see that Penn is in the game. For a while, Penn was kind of behind the, behind the times, but now... I, you know, because of Lori Byron over at Turner's in San Marcos, I've looked at the pen reels, and they're amazing now. And they have so much torque and so much power. It's just, you know, that's a, that's a great reel now to purchase. Well, yeah, there, were, there was a, you know, typical corporate America thing. Back about 10 years ago, there were a couple of uh, ownership changes, and management changes, and several of those in a row over a, of a period of just a couple of years, kind of slowed things down and 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 stinted growth when all the other real companies were going gangbusters. Well, that, right. that the current owners, the current managers, took over in 2008. So what are we on? We're on seven years now, where they've really got traction. They've you know they've got uh, a good R and D department behind them. Uh, really good network of, of both uh, sponsored pro staffers as well as a lot of the different boats in San Diego and some of the other ports sponsored. And this group of people, compared to the group that was in power, say, 15 years ago, these guys and gals really listen. And they have listened to what everybody wants, and there's more new fun stuff coming. Steve, You'll have to come out on one of my Penn Fishing University trips to get to see it. You know, for years, you know, and years and years and years and years and years, uh, if you were a bluefin and albacore fisherman, I mean, Penn was it for the for between the 100 to, up to the the 500s. Everybody owned them, and everybody had their extra set of drags that they took with them, or or at least they, if the people that were fishing a lot knew knew you had to switch out drags every evening. You know, but the 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 real industry has gone through such a transition here over the period of the last 20 years, let's say for sure. 15 to 20 years ago was one thing, but now, like you were saying, I think that was brilliant too. On the, if you're going to be fishing with a reel that you can turn the handle and pick up over 35 inches of line, uh, a two-speed comes into play uh, big time. The old foros picked were what I think it was 32 inches if the reel was full, depending on the line size you were using. Um, but but it makes such a difference on that yo-yo fishing that we're doing nowadays. Uh, speed of that lure coming up can make a big difference. Right now, the the yo-yo fishing, the, it doesn't have to be fast off our coastline. You get down south a little bit and you start fishing the fish down in uh, uh, Mexican waters, that speed can make a huge difference on on your catchability of those fish. So, uh, But the reels nowadays that they've produced, and Penn's done a good job of catching up because we're behind, but they've done a good job of catching up, and their product line is really showing some some style and grace in today's marketplace. There's even an interesting reel, and, and it's not, I don't recommend it for everybody at all. 
But Penn actually makes one reel in the Fathom Lever Drag series that's 60 inches per turn. Wow. And doing the higher math, that's You're five feet <laughs> per turn. Wow. It is, it is crazy fast. Uh, I've been doing uh, a fair amount of Wahoo fishing with it on the long-range trips. It's really cool for Wahoo. Uh, if you happen to hook a tuna over about 50 pounds on a, on a reel, it's a 4 it's a, it's a size reel, the Fathom LD40 high-speed. It's a, so it's a 4 side plate, 7 to 1. Mm. So that thing is that's literally the fastest reel produced in the world today. Is that a uh, great for Wahoo? If you hook a, if they hook a tune over fifty pounds on it, you will not have a fun day. <laughs> You're going to be on it for a week. <laughs> hey Steve, let me ask you some questions quickly about yo-yo fishing. Number one, how should my drags be set on my reel when I'm yo-yo fishing? Your, your drag should be set fairly tight. Uh, it's definitely not a finesse technique. So you want to be using at least 40-pound test, and most of the time I use 50 anymore. Uh, set the drag. You can either just set it to where, you know, it's, it's doggone tight but will slip. If you want to get technical and, and uh, use a scale, for yo-yo fishing, I usually set the drag at one-third of the breaking strength of the line. So if I'm using 40-pound test, that's around 13 to 14 pounds, which is pretty, pretty doggone tight. For open water fishing, you know, for tuna, albacore, that kind of thing, where they can run around and there's no rocks and there's no kelp, most of the time I'm a, I'm a little conservative on my drag settings, and I'll, I'll set it at about one-quarter of the breaking strength of the line. So if it was 40-pound test, I'd be using only 10 pounds of drag. And for yo-yo fishing, though, um, you know, the yellows quite often are, are near a rock or near some kelp or... There's a sea lion around. All good reasons to have that drag tight and get him as quick as you can. And are you recommending a 40-pound or 50-pound monofilament as opposed to spectra? Yeah, I do yeah. like, you know, the, the uh, a long top shot. Usually on most of my yo-yo reels, I have a 100-yard monofilament top shot over, over my super braid. And, you know, that way, that's sort of a mark for me. There's a few techniques where the, where the water might actually be deeper, deeper than that, deeper than 300 feet. And just that way, I kind of know, okay, I've hit the 300-foot mark. But mainly it's for stretch, number one. If you're on a party boat, monofilament is drastically easier in tangles. Uh, you know, the deckhands these days, these young 22-year-olds with perfect eyesight, they can perform almost miracles. But if you're, if you're in a weekend situation where there's 30 or 40 people on the boat and 10 or 12 of them all come together in a tangle, monofilament makes it much more likely that you're going to get your fish out of that tangle. And if you do get cut off, God forbid, uh, it's only going to cost you a couple bucks to fill your reel back up. Whereas if you, if you lose a half a reel full of Super Braid, your wallet's going to be aching on the way home. And if I'm there's on a... great wisdom in this man on, on every part of that. <laughs> If I'm on a party, if I'm on a party boat or uh, one of the sports fishers, should I cast my iron out and if I'm yo-yoing and let it sink, or is it? Can I just pitch it on out and uh, let it go down and just make sure that uh, uh, the wind's in my face and we're drifting the right direction? Well, it depends on how good a caster you are, and everybody has a different opinion about themselves. <laughs> If, uh, if, the, if the wind is pretty strong and the boat is drifting fairly fast, uh, you can cast 
upwind in the direction the boat is drifting as long as you're a good caster. Because what you don't want to do is get a get a backlash or just not have casted far enough for the lure not to have reached the bottom yet before the boat now drifts over it. All because right. what you don't want to be doing is is cranking your jig back up with the, with your line and your lure going down way under the boat. Now, if you attended my seminar at the Fred Hall Show, I had a little bit of a, of a visual aid that shows where you can go down to the stern, to the again, the upcurrent side of the stern, cast at about a 45-degree angle uh, in the direction the boat is drifting, and that's really the ideal setup. But if you're not a pretty good caster, you're better off just having, having the old adage, wind in your face, you're in the right place, let that jig stream out in front of you, and you pretty much can't do it wrong. It's just that then you'll only get one drop before you have to crank it all the way back up. All right, Steve, we got to take a break right now. Is there any way we can get you to stay on uh, for another segment? Because there's still a lot more questions to ask. Oh, sure, absolutely. All right. Hey, you've got Stan, Wendy, and John on Rod and Reel Radio. We're speaking with Steve Carson. Stay tuned. More to come on Rod and Reel Radio after these messages. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel specially heat treated to make them light and extra strong but not brittle. The Gamakatsu sharpening process is the most modern in the world and results in a perfectly conical point that is unequaled in sharpness. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing, drop shot, extra wide gap, worm hooks, finesse wide gap, and a lot more. Gamakatsu has a hook for whatever style of fishing you want to do. Don't waste your time on a cheap hook. Ask for Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. H&M Landing is the most diversified sport fishing company on the West Coast. Serving the angling community since 1935, H&M Landing's name recognition and reputation for customer service is the best in the business. The H&M fleet provides the widest range of trip options and boasts the coast's largest open party fleet. For ocean fishing any time of the year, H&M Landing should be your choice for nearshore and offshore fishing. H&M is San Diego's most experienced sport fishing company, offering the best in half-day, three-quarter day, full, and multi-day trips, and a complete schedule of long-range adventures. Call today, HM Landing, 619-222-1144, or visit their website at www.hmlanding.com for updated schedules and secure online booking. H&M Landing, the experienced angler's first choice in local and multi-day fishing since 1935. That's H&M Landing at 619-222-1144 or hmlanding.com. Captain Chris Randall from Chief Sports Fishing. And Captain Chris, tell us about what's happening on the Chief. It's here, and it's time to go on the Chief. For those who are not familiar with the vessel, she's an 85 by 24 deluxe sport fisher that offers a wide variety of open party trips, ranging from one to five days in length. We're also available for private... ...group charters. The Chief's on board... Amenities include a fully remodeled galley with comfortable seating for 25, twin flat screen TVs with hundreds of movies, two roomy indoor heads with fresh hot water showers, stateroom and open berthing areas, an impressively large deck area, 200 scoop bait capacity. We have twin six ton spray brine fish holds to keep your catch fresh, and our professional courteous crew will go the extra mile to make your trip a memorable one. To view our schedule, log on to HM Landing at www.hmlanding.com. Or feel free to give them a call at 619-222-1144. You can also follow us on Facebook and at our webpage at ChiefSportFishing.com. 
Hi, my name is Dennis Green, and I always love to talk about fishing. When I want the real information, I go to Rod and Real Radio. Those guys are who I thought they were. And we do want to welcome you back to Ron Real Radio. Hey, we have Steve Carson with us tonight, and he is saltwater fishing instructor and lecturer for the Penn Fishing Reel University. And we're trying to put way too much uh, show into, uh, uh, you know, too small a time. But, Steve, before we get off uh, yo-yo fishing, I want to ask you one more question. Uh, you talk about jigs, uh, commonly known as irons. Are all irons built the same, and uh, are there times that we use different irons uh, when we're yo-yo fishing? Well, of course, all iron is not the same, not at all. It's far less critical when yo-yo fishing than it would be for, say, surface iron fishing. And a lot of time is spent on surface iron fishing. The truth is it's mo- that's mostly an expert's technique. Yo-yoing is sort of an every man, every woman's technique, and as long as you have one that's the proper weight to get down to the depth of the day, and, you know, you've got current, you've got wind, you've got other people to deal with, 50-pound line, if you're using it, doesn't sink that well. There's a lot of, a lot of things that come into, into uh, consideration. Over the last, say, 20 years, the number one producing jig has been the 6X Junior Clones, uh, put together uh, almost by chance way back in the 1960s by the late Dalbert Salas. It's just what fish like. I happen to have great luck with the Sumo brand, the JR model, but there are lots and lots of jigs out there that pay homage to the original 6X Junior. That's the last 20 years. For the last two years, hands down, double reverse 360 slam dunk, the yo-yo jig, has been the Taddy 4.0. It's about two or three ounces heavier than the 6X Junior clones, and I think because the fish have been holding a little deeper, whether they're down there feeding on squid. uh, I've seen some good bunches of yellows down at like 240 feet feeding on on baby lizard fish, et cetera, et cetera. Just that extra three, three ounces or so gets it down. So you're thinking, well, why not just use, say, a big a big full-size 6X or a big full-size 7X? Because they weigh 10 or 12 ounces, and I'm old, and it's hard to crank them back fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally with you, Steve, and I agree that Taddy's, that's what I use, and it's so much easier for me. Uh, uh, I am with you a thousand percent on that. Speak, speak to the rod length on this, Steve, because people don't understand the, the torque that... that goes into that real quick well yeah in general about seven feet is about right a lot of people like eight foot jig sticks because they think that it's a compromise between yo-yo applications and surface iron applications and unfortunately it really ends up being not that great for either one your surface iron rod should be at least nine feet and anything over seven feet uh when yo-yo fishing gives the fish a lot of leverage uh, the problem with going down to like a six-footer or even a five-and-a-half-footer is not so much on the fish, but when you're maneuvering around, again, on, whether you're on a party boat and you're trying to maneuver around a bunch of people, or even if you're on a private boat and you're trying to maneuver over a large outboard boat or a, a, a rod that's too short doesn't give you the ability to, you know, to, to move around like you need to move around. Six-and-a-half-foot would be the bottom end, and seven-foot is the top, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. <laughs> seven, seven feet is the, is, is the bottom, and seven feet is the top at the same time. 
<laughs> and Steve, how about our our connection? Most of the you know the irons that are out there, they've got a a nice ring on it. Some of the people though, they like to use a swivel with a intercoastal lock sli- uh, uh, you know a connection on it. Uh, do you recommend just tying directly onto that ring, or can we get away with using a swivel with a clip on it, or or do you recommend not doing one of those? Uh, well, it depends on the style of lure. If it's the Southern California style lure that the, the, with the classic brazed ring and the brazed solid ring in the front, I always tie directly to that. Single San Diego is my knot of choice. On my yo-yo jigs, I put the weld at a 45-degree angle, and I'm about to disclose one of my biggest secrets on surface iron fishing. Yes. I've never before said this on the air, but what the heck. When I'm throwing the surface iron, I put the weld directly at 180 degrees from the knot so that it's inside the jig and provides just a little bit of that extra random motion to get you that one extra bite when you really need it. Um, with the megabait style lures, which is a little bit different thing than what we're talking about, my, the favorite way I have to rig them is I throw away all the hardware that they come with, and I'll put an owner split ring in the front, and an owner solid ring inside the split ring so that I'm tying to the solid ring. I don't like tying to split rings at all. All right. That sounds like great information. Now, now you've also uh, uh, gotten a little research and found out, uh, gotten some information on what's happening to the sardine population right now, and there could be a chance we're going to have to start learning real quick to be fishing with anchovies. Tell us about that. Well, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to bore people with the scientific papers and, and which committee was looking into it. But the short version is: is the sardine population in California is down dramatically this year. Um, it's not that there aren't any, but there's a lot less than there were just a couple of years ago. So, two things: number one, make sure that any fishing trip that you make out into salt water, whether you're just on a pier, whether you're on your own boat, whether you're on a party boat, long-range boat, make sure you've got some sabiki rigs with you in a variety of sizes. In general, the smaller, the better. Don't think, oh, if I use a nice big one, uh, I'll catch bigger bait. Generally, your sabikis for most species of, of bait, except for mackerel, should be down around size 10 or size 12. Even if you're fishing for mackerel, uh, probably nothing bigger than about a size four. You just can't use them too big. But if, whether it's this year or next year or the year after, the, the grand ocean cycle is giving us anchovies as our, as our primary bait. It, 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 the, the ocean goes in that cycle, and it's coming up. It's just a matter of when, and that means we're going to have to downsize everything. Uh, where we used to use a 2-0 hook with uh, sardines, we're going to be looking at twos or even fours with anchovies. When the fishing gets really tough, we may even drop down to a six. And all the old guys out there that remember fishing the boat City of Redondo for bluefin off Rocky Point in the late 1960s, (laughs) it was very normal for us fishing bluefin. And these weren't big bluefin. They They were just juveniles from 14 to 20 pounds. But you literally had to fish them with a number eight live bait hook with your anchovy. We didn't have fluorocarbon then, and, we and that's, that's the only way you could get them to bite. What's that, Stan? And we were, and we were fishing 12 or 15-pound line. 
12. 15 was, 15 was considered they must be wide open if they'll bite that. <laughs> 12 to 15, 12 and 15 pound line and a number six. You know, and how about ring hooks, uh, Steve? What do you think about ring hooks, especially uh, fishing those uh, smaller hooks? Uh, I love ringed hooks with anchovies, uh, excuse me, with sardines and with mackerel and even with squid, all the bigger baits. With anchovies, uh, you know what? Uh, I don't want to say don't use them, but as a general rule, you're trying to eliminate as much hardware as you possibly can. Um, I, I, I'm doing exceptionally well the last couple of years with the uh, owner Gorilla Lights, which are even lighter than their famous fly liners. That's, that's my anchovy hook. But... Um, and I just wanted to mention before before we get off the air, I, I, earlier on you mentioned back when we used to have albacore, there's plenty of albacore. All you want to catch, you just have to go the other direction. That yeah. means go fishing out of Oregon or Washington. If you want to know where all of our albacore are, that's where they are. Now, Steve, you know, it's you funny, Steve, that you should mention that because, you know, when we were on our seven-day, we were thinking, where the heck are we going to go? Are we going to go, you know, out into Mexican waters, or are we going to stay local? We could actually go up north and go catch albacore. If you ran you know, to the seamount and then went north up there, you're going to that would be a good thing, depending on what when you're going to run. But the fish are all north. That's right. Yep. And, and you know, for a lot of the the younger folks that have been fishing recently, they have no idea what an albacore is and how it fights. And if we were to have albacore here, and who knows? I mean, we're we're past the ten year cycle, you know. Maybe before the water heats up, we could have some albacore, but who knows? Um, but once the if the albacore are here, it's going to be a blast. But yes, you can go up north and go get them. Well, you're definitely going to need to learn to fish the anchovies again. Uh, <laughs> albacore in our area eat literally sixty six different prey species. They'll eat basically just about anything that they run across, and that's courtesy of a great study by Dr. Sarah Glazer of UC San Diego. But even given all that, 93% of their diet is anchovy. So you want to feed them what they're eating. Now, Steve, you have some on-the-water seminars on some of the sports fishing boats going on up and down the coast, and I know most of them are sold out, but you do have room on one uh, trip out here in Southern California, do you not? I have room. I can't believe there's any room on any of these trips. The fishing's been so insane. On my eight-day Penn Fishing University trip on board the Mighty Shogun out of Fisherman's Landing, it's an eight-dayer, June 13 to 21. few spots left on that. For the last five years we've been running it, it's gotten limits of yellowtail and limits of bluefin tuna every time. I'm, and last year we caught two wahoo. I'm making a bold prediction and saying that we're going to exceed 50 wahoo on that trip this year. Uh, that's a, uh, you know, for a June trip, that's almost unprecedented. But you know how the fishing's been down there at, at Alijos and at the Ridge. And uh, I've also got uh, one or two spots left, I think, on one of my rockfish trips on board the California Dawn, which is at a Berkeley uh, uh, marina up in the San Francisco area. I was joking with you earlier, but it's really true. We have a shark trip that was like a Taylor Swift concert. It sold out in 45 minutes, <laughs> where you're literally fishing these big seven-gill sharks right underneath the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. And, you know, now, obviously, a lot of us, we recognize you 
from the saltwater scene, but you also do a special report for those people. Freshwater fishing, tell us about that. Well, yeah, uh, it, pretty much any time you read anything about Irvine Lake, uh, unless it has somebody else's name on it, chances are I'm the one who does it. I, t- I talk to those guys several times a day, keep track of it. I first started fishing Irvine Lake. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that Eisenhower was still president when I first went fishing at Irvine Lake. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty amazing, amazing place. And if you like freshwater fishing and you live in Southern California, you don't have that many choices and it has just been on fire lately. All right. And, Steve, uh, uh, obviously uh, you can't get around without some great sponsors. Uh, quickly, uh, mention some of the sponsors that uh, support uh, you giving these lectures and seminars throughout California. Well, first and foremost, Penn Fishing Tackle Company. Uh, I can't express enough gratitude to them. Also, uh, our friends at Owner Hooks, our friends at Taddy Lures, I learned a lot about jig fishing from Taddy Shimizu himself, sumo lures, flambo tackle boxes, uh, from, from soup to nuts. I've been in the industry so long, nobody even remember. I'm sponsored by some people that can't remember how I even got started. <laughs> well, Steve, if you will, if I give you a call, come on back uh, because uh, we've just scratched the surface. And uh, not only are you informative, you're a lot of fun to bounce some questions off. We we appreciate you being with us on this Sunday night on Rod and Reel Radio. Well, I'm honored to be on, on the air with you guys, and I'm definitely looking forward to doing it again. All right. Steve Carson, he is a saltwater fishing instructor and lecturer and one of the main guys at Penn Fishing Reels when it comes to giving out the information. Steve, thanks a lot. We look forward to speaking to you again. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Hey, that's it uh, for this section of Rod Reel Radio, but stay tuned. There's still more Rod Reel Radio to come up. Bart Hall's going to join us, and he'll have some of the reflections from the Long Beach Show, and we'll be previewing what will be happening at the Fred Hall Del Mar Show. So stay tuned. Stan, Wendy, and Hopalong. We'll be back right after these messages. Every serious angler knows that a quality hook is an important part of their arsenal. Gamakatsu hooks are made from high-grade carbon steel, specially heat-treated to make them light and extra strong, but not brittle. Gamakatsu ring hooks are made with a one-piece ring, no welds, no weak spots, a very smooth-moving ring. Gamakatsu offers a huge variety of hooks for all types of fishing. Live bait hooks, both light and heavy-duty, to four extra strong. Circle hooks, tuna hooks, ringed hooks, tuna doubles, and many more. Don't waste your next fishing trip on a cheap hook. Get Gamakatsu hooks at your favorite tackle store now. Hey, bass fishermen, who do you call for your bass boat insurance? Well, if you're not calling me at 1-800-BASS-BOAT for your boat insurance, you're probably paying too much and may not have the coverage that you need. In 1974, I developed the bass boat program that is what all the pros use today. The reason? No depreciation or any partial claim for your hull, your big motor, your trolling motor, or your electronics until your boat's 10 years old. That's right. You only pay $250 to get your boat on the water for any partial claim, and we still pay a stated value replacement cost for your boat if you have a total loss. We're the only people in the industry that does that, and that's why we are the choice of the pros. So if you want the best, forget the rest. Just call 1-800-BASS-BOAT. Call 1-800-227-BASS-BOAT. 
888-800-7262 or just spell Bass Boat. 1-800-BASS-BOAT. I know there's too many letters, but the T is free and the call's on me. That's 1-800-BASS-BOAT, the choice of the pros for Bass Boat Insurance. For more information, log on to 1-800-BASSBOAT.com. I am a heroic angler. I can bait a hook with my eyes closed, cast to a spot the size of a dime, and reel in the biggest monsters of the depths. And not only do I make sure everyone on my boat wears a life jacket, I make sure we're saving water. Because every drop we save means more water for our fish. And there's nothing I wouldn't do for a fish, except kiss one. Well, there was that one time, but I don't kiss and tell. Take your hero quiz at BoatCalifornia.com. A message from the California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways. Looking for that special family experience? Want to really get your money's worth? Then come to the Fred Hall Show March 26th to the 29th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. For 38 years, we've provided world-class deals and world-class fun for men, women, and children. And when it's time to go home, you'll want to do it all again. If you love fishing, boating, international travel, or camping, it's the ultimate outdoor experience, and the kids are free. The Fred Hall Show March 26th to the 29th at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. Check us out at fredhall.com. And remember, it's a whale of a show. And we do want to welcome you back to Rod Real Radio. You know, Stan, Wendy, and I, we were part of the Fred Hall Show, the Ultimate Outdoor Experience, last week in Long Beach. And I can just imagine as an exhibitor, it was one of the biggest events I've ever been involved with. But let's get the producer of the show on. Tell us a little bit about Long Beach and pre- a preview what's going to be happening at Del Mar. Mr. Bart Hall. Bart, welcome to the show. Hello, John. Who else is with you? I've got Stan and Wendy here, man, and uh, I, we're all out of breath from the, the way uh, that uh, you uh, kind of ran us around there at that show with the number of people that showed up. It was truly amazing. That, that's, uh, Wendy's out of breath because she was doing double duty. She's out there, <laughs> you know, uh, getting people to sign up for uh, CCA Cal and then working inside. So That's true, too. It a, you know, it was... It was really good to see the great response we had, Bart, as far as CCA is concerned. You know, Wendy, yeah, I'm, en- I'm, Wendy, I'm envious because I'm you got to see sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Bart. Yeah, that's right. She got, she got fresh air while the rest of us were stuck indoors. But, uh, it was amazing. I mean, you know, Long Beach was um, was absolutely amazing. I mean, the, we set a record of, of attendance on Wednesday, uh Thursday was larger than Wednesday, but it wasn't quite a record. It was 20 pe- people from a record. And same with Friday, we were 40 people from a record. Uh, Saturday, we were a record, but only again by 50 people, because on Saturday, we used all available parking in the city. We used the lots that's there. We used private lots we rent. We, use, we rent from hotels. We use the Aquarium of the Pacific and the Pike Lot, and, and we always run out, and people send us nasty email saying we couldn't came to your show couldn't park turn around went home but we're running shuttles from everywhere and it's just it's hard i mean a lot of people want to come and the best day for them to come is saturday and sunday and we we pretty much fill up the parking lot on saturday and sunday so it was great it was active people were were doing well i think the retailers uh all set records uh most of them exceeded their expectations they all came in with high expectations and exceeded those high expectations. So it was uh, pretty amazing, actually. You well, know, I was, go on, I was pretty impressed there. I mean, I, I had to work with several different booths. I had my own booth there from uh, 800 Bass Boat for Insurance Plus. 
my sponsors with St. Croix and Maxima and Martin and you know, there's just a bunch of people that I, I ended up working with or you end up going to someplace and, and helping somebody with, you know, show them how to do something. But there were more. I, I, I was amazed at Wednesday, the opening day, how many people came through the opener. And then it, it, there, re- there really was no slowdown through the whole show. I mean, I've been doing this since 1978 with you guys. Uh, and and it it was I think maybe from my side for just people coming through in a continuous motion probably the best I've ever seen. Well, you know uh, the thing is that every year everybody thinks Wednesday's the best day, <laughs> and yet Wednesday is always the slowest day of the week. Uh, it builds every day: Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday drops off from Saturday. We can't can't duplicate Saturday and Sunday because we have shorter hours. See, we are open until 8.30 on Saturday, but we close at 7 on Sunday. So we can never quite quite reach Saturday, but we get close. And uh, the thing is that the people, because of their tremendous fishing season this year, and because we're starting to see you know, the end of the recession, and we're starting to see the slow recovery of the boat business, uh, that, that all came together at the Fred Hall Show. And I think... Um, People just said, wow, I'm just going to go do what I've been wanting to do here for many years, and I'm not going to worry about it. And it was, it was fun. I, I enjoyed it. There was, a, there was an energy in the place that uh, I haven't seen for a long time. You know, Bart, the, there's something special about the Fred Hall Show because I know you keep a close track of what's happening with a lot of the other shows in the country. And did they see the same type of increase that it looks like we've seen here in Long Beach, uh, or is this was this a phenomenon that was uh, really unique to the uh, Fred Hall show here in Long Beach? Um, I, I think that uh, every show across the country had a good show this year. I don't think any of them were close to Long Beach. I had I heard even some tackle guys at some of these shows that were called good shows uh, complaining that it wasn't good for them. Uh, I think the travel industry has really come back strong. So a lot of these shows, the travel side, people are saying, you know, it's a really good show. You know, some of the hunting stuff has been really good. It was good at Long Beach, too, even though we don't have much of it. It was really very strong. Um, But the tackle part, I think nothing across the country came close to to Long Beach. Uh, You know, Turner's Outdoorsman had a budget, a two-show budget, uh, a two-show projection for both Long Beach and Belmar. And I think if they didn't exceed their two-show projection in Long Beach, they came within $20,000. So wow. it was a, a huge, huge, huge numbers. I'm talking, you know, it's just it's you know, unfathomable to me that people can do that much business in five days. Um, and the boats, well, that, we sold, that's boats. We sold I, lots, lots of boats. That was what I was talking about, Bart. There, there seemed to be a constant flow it, it, it wasn't like we had gaps in it. it there was just a more constant flow of people coming through the arena uh, from from the start on wednesday all the way through to through the weekend we didn't have a lot of there were some high spots and low spots that's normal for business days and whatever else and you know the five thirty crowd came in because they got off work and and there was that influx from from there to uh, when everybody went home but but the buying public was there in force. We saw a lot of people that wanted to buy product 
this year more than we've seen in the last, let's say, since 2005. Well, you know, you have we, we, we expected that coming in because of the great fishing season we had. Yes. We all expect great things. None of us expected what we got. No. <laughs> but, you know, we... You know, when we see double-digit increases at the gate in a 69-year-old show, that just doesn't happen. I, I mean, I'm sorry. You know, we've established our pattern over a long period of time, and we kind of know sometimes people can come one year and then not the next, and, you know, kind of evens out over a period, 69-year-old period. When you see double-digit, you know, numbers at the gate up from, from your high, that, that's pretty amazing. Now, Bart, Bart had, have you seen, have you noticed a difference regarding um, as far as the fishing goes? Because last year we had a great fishing year, and this year we see the fishing year continuing because it's already, I mean, it's continued throughout the year. But, I, you know, and I saw, being that I visit all the tackle stores, last year I saw a lot of people repairing their old reels and rods, and this year I see a lot of people getting new rods and reels and upgrading to two speeds. And is it because of the fish that are here and because we're having such a great season? I, I'm sure, Wendy, that that's a big part of it. I also think people have been, you know, we didn't have great fishing for a lot of years, and then we had marine closures. And all of a sudden we have this miraculous year, and it looks like it's going to be going into next year. And a lot of people came back to fishing that hadn't fished for a while, and a lot of people are new into fishing. We saw a lot of that at the show. I tell you, you know, uh, Doug Kern's a pretty savvy guy at Fisherman's Landing. He knows how to buy and prepare for the show. This was his 35-year record. <laughs> wow. Know? Oh, so, wow. You know, yeah, now, by far. You know, Bart, we're taking a little breather right now, but the Fred Hall shows, they're not going to skip a beat because this whole thing now travels from Long Beach to Del Mar, and you're going to keep that momentum going. When you come to Del Mar, tell us a little bit about that show. Well, that, that show is 38 years old. And last year, when we got the numbers in, the first day I had them recheck them. I said, they've made a mistake at the box office. And then, and then, they made a, and then I thought they made a mistake the next day. And then I thought they made a mistake on Saturday. <laughs> I double-checked every number, and we were up 17% in Del Mar last year. Wow. Uh, that, that's unheard of. I'm, I'm telling you, in shows like when your shows are over 30 years old, you're looking at one, two percent increase a year. That's what you're hoping for. When you get 17 percent increase, you know, or, or 12 percent increase by life, I mean, it's ridiculous numbers. We can't, we can't expect that in our business. So we saw this last year at Del Mar start, and uh, because of that, we now have more booths in Del Mar this year than we've ever had before because people who were in Del Mar last year had a great experience. And Del Mar is really a family show. And so we have more stuff for the families to do in Del Mar than we had in Long Beach. The San Diego County Ford Dealers Association has brought us the Paul Bunyan Lumberjack Show, which is always a big hit. And there in Del Mar, they were not in Long Beach. Uh, we have a Hobie uh, Kayaks that set up uh, an amazing uh, seminar schedule every half every hour on the half hour uh, at the at the Del Mar show. There's going to be some amazing kayak speakers speaking in the Hobie seminar uh, area. There's going to be uh, video presentations and slides and and the ability to uh, uh, sit in a in a pro angler to see how stable it is in, in some water and it's going to be really great. And and all of our stuff that we had in, in Long Beach, we got it in Del Mar and Spades, you know and 
and we say uh, 200 seminars in four days. I think we're over that now. We're we're really up there, you know, pushing into the well past the 200 mark. So um, it's going to be a great show. I mean, it's it's only four days long, and you got almost as much as you had in Long Beach. So uh, people are going to come and have a good time, and and all the stuff they have outside. The casting in the city is out there teaching kids to cast. We got fly fishing out there. Uh, we got the Ram Ultimate Air Dogs, which has been a huge success. We got on those guys two years ago, and they just upped that game out there, and we really enjoyed them. Um, we've got lots of boats. The O'Brien Building is packed with boats. We've got cruisers. We've got 30-foot boats. we got little John boats. we got them. We got inflatables. we got tons of kayaks. You know, there's there's lots of kayaks to be seen there and, and shown and, and – uh, you know, if you're re- if you're really serious about it, we could even put a kayak in the uh, in the dog pool so you can try it out. So, <laughs> hey Bart, uh, you know, uh, San Diego. Please give us the dates on that, and if uh, anybody missed any of the details or want further information, where can they go to get information on the Fred Hall Show Ultimate Outdoor Experience at Del Mar? Well, it's www.fredhall.com. It's March 26th to 29th. It's noon to 8, Thursday and Friday, 10 to 8 on Saturday, and 10 to 6 on Sunday. Wow. Hey, uh, Bart, on behalf of, you know, all the exhibitors and all the people that came, we really want to thank you, Mike, and all the staff for just putting on what, and we've been to a lot of them, what I believe is just one of the, the most quality shows in the United States so the consumer can go to. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. We all work very hard. We're all sleep deprived. Uh, Mike, Mike and Tim and Katie and Jenny are all work their butts off. And, uh, you know, I actually took a day off today. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what are you doing? You're on Rod Real Radio. Thanks for taking some yeah. of your Sunday to be with us. Well, thank you for having me. All right, that was Bart Hall, producer of the Fred Hall Show, Ultimate Outdoor Experience, coming to Del Mar here real soon. Hey, guys, that's it for tonight. Great show tonight. Thanks a lot for your contributions. And Well, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yeah, we'll be on live next week, and uh, uh, thank everyone for uh, also getting back to us that you enjoyed the recorded show that we had last week when Stan, Wendy, and I were at the Long Beach show. We will have another recorded show in two weeks because, again, we will be at the Fred Hall show in Long Beach. So we want to thank you all for listening. So on behalf of our producer at Radio Zion, JR, our local producer here in San Diego, Ben Harvey, and always in memory of Big Tuna Bill, Stan, Wendy, and I want to thank you for listening to us. We invite you to come back next Sunday night at 5.05 p.m. at AM 540 for Rod Reel Radio. So until then, have a great week. We look forward to seeing you on the water. We're out.